Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And it's a couple weeks before spring. It's first week in March. It's uh, been beautiful. And then some, I saw a little sleet on Thursday. And then it's bright days and cool nights. This is early spring. This is early spring weather in the mountains of Arizona. And it is a great time to be planting new trees, shrubs, even some of the perennials are starting to show up, those early, early spring bloomers. Uh, this week we had lupin show up, so mountain lupin. It's a shade plant, has a ferny kind of leaf to it, bright, bright pink flowers, and it's a perennial, so it comes back. Remember, perennial and permanent both start with P. And so it comes back every year. It came in, in from the farm, full bloom, beautiful. You had to Instagram it. It was just so pretty. And we got our first crop of candy tuft. Candy tuft is a bright white flower, perennial again, comes back every year. And it's been up, it's been growing since the first of the year, but now it's actually going into bloom, this bright white, like bridal white flower to it. Again, it, it, this covers, candy tuft is shade, sun, it's so versatile, rock gardens, uh, it goes almost anywhere in containers. Uh, the great thing about both of those, they're pretty much animal proof. So javelina, deer, uh, rabbits, they don't bother them. And so some of these earths this, this week, the weather, everything started waking up this week. It's kind of frightening. Uh, even, even Thursday, there was a little bit of sleet in the morning. <clears throat> and the KV plums, this is a purple leaf plum. Opened up and just decided in the weather it didn't it didn't care because I'm ready I want spring to be here and boom you could almost watch them by the hour open up and start to bloom it's uh, purple leaf plum the reason they call it purple leaf is the foliage is just purple year round so but before it forms that that foliage it blooms this very kind of a cotton candy pink flower it's completely covered in flowers. All the bare stems show off these flowers. And then as spring progresses, let's say the end of this month, it'll start to leaf out and you'll get this blended flower, purple leaves, flower, purple leaves. It's quite striking. It's a short tree, about no high teens. So a big tree is going to be 50, 80, 100 feet tall. This one's at 18 feet. So it's considered short in tree terms. Great vase shape uh, to structure to it. Dark purple. The bark is almost purple, but the flowers are quite like royal purple. It's a beautiful tree. Uh, many you, you can get too much purple in a yard, but boy, it sure looks good in between those uh, blue greens that naturally show up where manzanita and junipers, uh, the, the emery oaks start to show up. It's really striking against those the the native plants that we have looks really good flanking a driveway or even down a driveway they look good in pairs together and so that just started to bloom this week i mean like a couple days ago uh, crab apples the prairie fire crab apple 
another one just started opening up and, and showing off uh, what it looks like. So it's, it's things are starting to happen. And it's, it comes down to what wakes plants up. When do they decide to do this? Sometimes it's, it's temperature related. So the nighttime temperatures have actually been quite warm, warmer than normal. And so they're just programmed. You need so many days. Once it's warm enough, they kind of go, I think I'm going to go for it. A lot of it has to do with day daylight. So how long the days are. These plants are just used to going, okay, let's see. It's getting light out at 6. It's, I got about 12 hours of sun per day. Yeah, I'm going to open up. Let's just go into bloom. I'm ready. And so they just start to bloom. And there's no holding them back. There's no pushing them forward. And so some folks, like right now, we're promoting fertilize, fertilize, fertilize. You need to fertilize everything in the landscape. I cannot emphasize that enough. And I think you should use a, an organic fertilizer. And so we make our own. We make a couple different blends that are pelletized, easy to spread. But it's time to put that down. And some folks go, well, I, I don't want to fertilize. It might wake things up. I'm going, no, that's not how it works. You fertilize plants so there's nutrients in the soil when the plant finally decides on, it, on its own to wake up. Just by adding some food out there is not going to get a plant to start to bloom. Another one I'm hearing is uh, that the tulips are up, the daffodils are up. They're, they'll be in bloom here in a, in a week. Uh, they're starting to grow. But then we saw, let's say, later... Let's see, what was that? Wednesday, Thursday, somewhere in there it was it was cool. And so folks were freaking out going, should I cover them? What should I do? Plants that are out in the yard, they've been in the yard. They do their own thing. You don't really have to protect them that much. Fruit trees would be the exception possibly. But if you get the right kind of fruit tree, it's not in bloom right now. It's waiting to bloom. So it, it'll bloom later uh, closer to the last frost date, and so you're more likely to get fruit. That's why you want a mountain variety of fruit tree. You really want to do your homework on fruit trees. If you get the wrong variety, it'll start to bloom too early, and so it will frost out. It will get damaged. Not the tree. The fruit or the blossom will be taken from that plant because we've got more cold. We've got more frost. We're going to see another snow. It's just part of the spring process in the mountains of Arizona. We expect it. We need it. We want it. The plants want it. But those plants that wake up in spring, they like that. They, 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 it actually encourages them to, to bloom longer, stronger, more vibrant. And so don't worry about that forsythia that woke up. Don't worry about daffodils elongating. Don't worry about perennials that are starting to grow I think they've got enough antifreeze in them as we progress, as things wake up more and more, they're going to be, you're going to get a cold front and then it, you, you don't have to worry. You don't have to cover them. You don't have to bring them indoors and protect them. Uh, that, that, that's more of the summer plants the, or the tropical plants, house plants, that kind of stuff. Yes, those can be damaged because they have no antifreeze in them at all. They need to be protected. Uh, I've, I'm starting to sell tomatoes right now. I've got tomato plants here at the garden center. It's a leading edge. Just just grew a few, not very many. There might be two flats here. But you'd be surprised how many people have greenhouses, an Arizona room. I've got quite a few retirees. They've got them in a, in a garage. 
They take them out every day in a container. They throw them out in the sunshine, and at night they bring them back in. This is the part of the process. It gives them, they just like nurturing, taking care of this tomato. And then there is a, a gardener's pride with a lot of this. <laughs> Many times, you know, it's bragging rights. Yeah, I picked my first tomato, and it was so good. It melted in your mouth. How are you doing with your tomatoes? There's some of this bragging rights kind of stuff. So there's some of that. But we bring in just a few now uh, for those kind of folks. The bulk of them will be in April. So usually by the second week in April, uh, we're getting close to the end of frost. A lot of people are starting to put in that summer, those summer vegetables, uh, eggplants, and they're putting in cucumbers and melons and tomatoes and peppers. Uh, but they'll put in a few and then they'll protect them. They will cover them every night because they're tropical plants. If we go down close to even mid-30s, it could, it could stunt them or kill them outright. So you're not planting those outdoors right now. The things that are coming up right now, they like this kind of weather. They love it. You want to plant in your yard those kind of plants. It's a good time to put lilacs in the ground. It's a great time to put in forsythia. Uh, all your evergreens, big spruce, had some st stunning, I mean, just awe-inspiring pinion pines come in this week. they got to be standing eight feet tall beautiful. They would actually prefer to be planted now rather than being planted when it's heat of summer, brand new growth coming out. So just make sure you're putting the right things in. Got a lot in store for you. Lisa Waters Lane is coming in to your, answer your garden questions. Let's see what your neighbors are talking about after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion plants in February are Peony, Lily of the Valley, Pinion Pines, and Calgary Carpet Juniper. Calgary Carpet Juniper shows rich green mounds of juniper beauty that grows ankle high for the perfect ground cover. An ideal choice for low water, low care erosion control on natural banks or to soften that rock lawn. The perfect green nestled between boulders or to soften the top edge of a retaining wall. Shop for these juniper beauties in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back. This is Ken and Lisa Lane. Lisa comes in each week with your garden questions, just what are neighbors talking about. And I think there's some value in, in hearing what other people are asking. So sometimes you don't know the question to ask. I'm going, I, I, should my fruit trees be blooming right now? Uh, probably not. At the higher elevation. <laughs> what are you going to do if they are? I mean, cover them. <laughs> That's You're true. I'm sure that's going to happen pretty quick. Oh, so yeah. uh, as those apricots are always the first ones to bloom, 
people are starting to calling on, should I be worried? I'm going, yeah, you should be worried. Frost comes, they're all gone. If you want apricots, if you just want a pretty tree, it's a glorious tree. Just glorious. It's very pretty. Yeah. So welcome to the studio. Oh, thank you. So what could be in? But we got word this week. <clears throat> yeah. Yay! Like uh, when was that Thursday? That Kate and Jeremy, mm-hmm. the moving van showed up at their house. I think it's more than a van. <laughs> truck full on a whole house, three bedroom, two bath house. Yeah. Packed it all up, and they are moving to Prescott, Arizona. We're that very excited. Right. Yep, we found out over the Christmas holidays that they were for sure going to come out and be part of our team and and join with us. So we've been anxiously waiting for that to occur. And we were there Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and they tested, they kind of tested the idea. I wonder if they would have us. (laughs) And so they kind of soft, but we came there just to help them paint some house, you know, Thanksgiving paint, Mm -hmm. you know, sip wine and share stories and our family loud and, and lane all go to go together. And so the waters, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you married me <laughs> so don't ever blame that on me it's you all on you <laughs> well i figure if i married you i wouldn't have to talk much so it's probably true and it's actually worked out quite well <laughs> then i sucked you into this radio show <laughs> anyway yeah. so we're excited to have as a, as a father i'm very excited to have it's a classic prescott story or mountain town story kids go off to college, they find their way. And 10 years later, they find out that their little town isn't such a bad place after all. Yeah. I might want to live there. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a, that's what we did. That's what our kids are doing. Right. It's fun to watch that. It'll be, it'll be interesting for Jeremy because he's actually a yeah. Texas boy. He yeah, was hard. Uh, down by South Padre, spent yeah. most of his life. And then he's been in Austin kind of for the UT, the second part. So, UT boy. Yeah. Yep. So yay, Arizona. He'll get to try that out. <laughs> Go from a beach town to a mountain town. He's he's yeah. dealt it all. And he's dealing with uh, us. What kind of in-laws are you? Are I'm, we? I'm a good one. I am too. I don't know. <laughs> oh, can I say anything else? In my <laughs> opinion, I am a good in-law. We, we went down the wrong rabbit hole. Maybe we should go into garden, garden questions. <laughs> Sometime we'll have our kids on and we can ask them. Yeah, that. that'd be fun. All right. Well, Vicky wants to know, last year, her peonies formed buds, looked beautiful, thought they were going to pop out, but they never really opened. She okay. wants to know what caused that and what can she do this year to prevent that from happening? So peonies, now this is, so you plant a peony and they do really well in the mountains of Arizona, uh, but they, they don't want to be disturbed. So they're there for a hundred years. So plant them where they're going to be for the rest of your life because they're going to outlive you easily. And so they like a soil that really drains well. And so we have ours in containers, raised beds. Uh, They can be in a regular garden plot too, but they don't want to be in that heavy clay soil. If they do, sometimes they'll start to bloom and the flowers get, if you start to water all of a sudden, it get too overwatered, Mm -hmm. they can shed their foliage. It gets stressed out. It's got a really fleshy root structure to it, Mm -hmm. which is why they're so incredibly drought hardy. It could be frost, but that's normally not the case with peonies. I don't think it'd be that, although I didn't hear where she was from. We're in the mountains. Yep. Could be anywhere on the hillsides. Didn't say. And then more than likely, what it truly is, about the time peonies are coming out, thrip or T-H-R-I-P, they're also called noceums. Sometimes they'll come in, it's a tiny, tiny bug you can't see, but they bite you. And they'll leave a little mark, so no, no seams. But thrip, T-H-R-I-P, 
they like the taste of peonies. And so they'll get down inside of that flower. They'll eat the flower from the inside out. And so by the time the, the, that flower bud is large enough to bloom, there's no bloom left. It's been eaten alive. And so if you open up a peony bulb, bulb, uh, flower, you'll see dozens of little tiny noceums or thrip inside that flower. What do you do? Well, this is one where for my roses and peony, if you're to use a rose food with systemic, there's a, a bug control inside of certain foods. We've got one here. It's put together by Fertilum. It's called rose food with systemic. Put that on your peonies right now. And that'll help them to absorb. Then it taints that flower. So there's not as many thrips. So it'd be more likely to open up. And my guess is just because I've seen it dozens of times, right. th thrip. And so peonies are just starting to come up. They're about, I don't know, an inch or two tall. Yep. And so in another month, middle of April through June is when they're, when they bloom, uh, you want that systemic in there before it actually grows. You want it through the entire structure of that plant. And that's how you keep your peonies happy. So um, on the subject of peonies, do they prefer a full sun, partial sun? I know ours out front is in full hot sun. Yeah, so they, the more sun a peony has, this is most of your, your most mountain perennials. The more sun they have, the better they do. So I would say minimum six hours for peonies. Otherwise they'll tend to stretch and lean and they get kind of leggy and they, the flowers won't be as large. Give them at least six hours. And then I know this is tuned in all over the place. So if you're up on a mountain ridge, they tend to get pretty tall. Mm -hmm. And so if they're in a windy spot, you might have to stake them. So you might have to keep them up. They make fancy perennial you know, peony rings and something like that. But yeah. uh, if you can protect them from some wind, that's good too. Okay. Good to know. All right. So Anne moved here from Washington state. Welcome Anne. Where they did roadies and azaleas everywhere. She was told that they don't do very well here. Her question is she saw them here at the store. <laughs> so do they do okay here? They do great here. And so you can grow rhododendrons and azaleas in the mountains of Arizona. They will thrive. Now, with that caveat being said, where she comes from, they grow wild. They don't grow like that. Yeah. Uh, you'll need some protection. They don't like our intense sun. So they'll tend to burn on you. So if you can give them, get them out of that midday sun in June, when it's, you know, get from 10 to 2, get them out of the sun or in the more shaded areas, they're going to thrive. They will have that classic fluorescent flower. Mm -hmm. They're going to get big. So roadies can get as big as you and I. They're pretty tall. The great thing is the deer don't eat them. They don't bother them. So that you can put them right out there in that wildland interface and they're good to grow. So yes, you can have them. And they tend to like more acidic. Our soil is alkaline and our water is alkaline. So when you fertilize them, make sure you fertilize them with an acid type of fertilizer and they're going to thrive better. So mm -hmm. they can do exceptionally well here. Would so, they be a good underplanting shrub? Be great for that, so yeah. like maybe under your, some of your big ponderosas, yeah. pinions. In a container good. underneath that overhang. Mm -hmm. uh, gardenias are the same way. So they grow in that same place. So when you get a cold hardy variety, right. they're really, they really do well. In fact, I notice our gardenia yeah. Starting to bud. It's exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. All right. Next question is from David in Chino. He wants to know what would you say makes a better large screen tree, Arizona cypress or Austrian pine? 
Oh, those are two different plants. Totally. Get one of each, David. I know where you can buy them. Waters Garden Center. <laughs> um, I would say the number one seller, Arizona Cypress, uh, just because it's fast growing, dense, 20 by 12 feet. Uh, I would say the, the nicer one, the one that grows longer living, uh, taller would be the Austrian pine just because you got a nice straight leader goes up to 30, 35 feet tall. It's twice the plant Mm -hmm. that Arizona Cypress is. And then big swooping branches coming down. So if you want something that looks more like a ponderosa pine, go with Austrian pines. If you want a long needle pine, if you want something that looks more like a juniper, it's more of a texture design thing than Mm -hmm. anything else. Go with the Arizona Cypress. They're both great choices for here. They do really well. Well, we're out of time. Nice hanging out in a uh, small room with you. <laughs> but not too small. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. It's almost spring. Time to grow a pear. A pear tree, that is. Late winter is ideal for planting fruit trees, and Waters Garden Center has cherry-picked the hardiest, heaviest producing trees from our most trusted growers. From apples to apricots and persimmons to pears, the Garden Center is plumb full of varieties that thrive in our mountain soil. And we'll even plant them for you. We believe life is a bowl of cherries, so grow the best ones ever from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companions of February are Peony, Calgary Carpet Juniper, Pinion Pines, and Lily of the Valley. Lily of the Valley is a gorgeous shrub that loves growing in the summer shade. This bold evergreen delights with dramatic, fiery growth in spring. Fragrant wedding cake layers of white flowers hover on graceful arching stems. Each dainty flower is utterly detestable to deer and javelina. Shop the most perennial shrubs in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So I'm noticing the magnolias are starting to open up and flower. Some of them are, are, are in bloom right now at the garden center. And so all around town, that's one of the first trees to wake up in the spring of the year. And there's different kinds of magnolias. You wouldn't expect them to grow in the mountains of Arizona, but they're extremely robust, very hardy, easy to grow. But what you may not know is there's this huge family of plants. It's kind of like lilacs. There's, there's Canadian lilac, there's Korean lilac, there's Japanese lilac, there's common lilacs, there's, there's all types. And so they come from all over the world. Same with magnolias. So we're all familiar with the southern magnolias. You go down to Atlanta, Georgia's, Carolinas, the, the, the Alabama's, all the south. Famous for their southern magnolias. This is an evergreen magnolia, great big glossy leaf to it. And it has an equally large or impressive flower, great big white flowers about the size of your hand. And they start to bloom in summer and they keep putting on waves of colors. That's That one actually will not grow 
at least not very many places in the mountains of Arizona, maybe the southern, maybe the lower elevation, you know, Spring Valleys, Curtis Junctions, maybe, maybe Camp Verdes, some of these areas up against a warm hillside, maybe. But really, it's really borderline. There's, there's a variety called Alta Southern Magnolia, which is a genetic dwarf. It's, it's a different variety, but it's related. It's a cousin to the Southern Magnolia. This one is much hardier. The leaf is a little smaller, so maybe it's half the size of the normal magnolia that you're used to. It has the same flower, though, same fragrance. It's beautiful. It, that one is very hardy. I think that's a zone six plant. It goes down to zero degrees before it dies out. I've got a couple of those in my yard. They are stunning. Birds love them. They're fragrant. Put them by your patios. They just smell so good. There's one that's even tougher, saucer magnolias. These are deciduous varieties of magnolia, so they lose their leaves. Deciduous means they basically hibernate in the winter. They form their flower buds all winter long. Now they're, the, flowers are, the flower buds are huge, and they're starting to open. It's very exciting. What you get with the deciduous varieties of magnolias is they come in different colors now. The flower is a little smaller, Maybe it's only four or five inches across instead of as big as your hand. But they're bright pinks, yellows. You just don't see a yellow in magnolias, but you can with these deciduous varieties. And of course, they've got the whites as well. What I like about these is they're much smaller. Your, your southern magnolias, these are, oh, they got to be 50, 60, 80 feet tall with maturity. They're huge. They're just too big for many yards. A saucer magnolia or some of these deciduous varieties of magnolias, again, they're blooming now, they only get up to 15, 20 feet tall. Well, any yard can, can accommodate one of these, and they're quite pretty. And I noticed the animals don't bother them. They don't eat them, which is great. You can have something out there that the animals aren't going to like chow down on. Uh, you put, put an aspen out there or, or a fruit tree, the deer are going to be all over that. The antelope are going to be chomping down on it. You're going to see porcupines stripping bark off. It's, you're going to see some things. You have to protect them, nurture them until they get large enough and mature enough. But not with magnolias. You don't do that with purple leaf plums. You don't do that with locusts. There's a whole series of plants that are really quite tough for local landscapes here, and they'll take our cold. Mainly, I think uh, uh, star magnolia, these deciduous varieties of magnolias, I think they're a zone four, maybe three. They can go down to minus 40 degrees. I mean, nowhere in Arizona are they going to get that cold before they die out. These, these grow up in the coldest parts of the Midwest, Minnesota's, Wisconsin's, with eight-foot frost lines. They're fine with that. That's how tough that plant is. And you only find them at garden centers in the early spring. As soon, I mean, as soon as they start, they bloom. Uh, they're almost like candy to gardeners. Going, oh, that's so pretty. I'll take with that one and that one. They just buy them in pairs. This is the time to plant them. When that crop is gone, well, there aren't any more until next spring. You only grow so many, and you generally try to have these plants just before they go into bloom because as as gardeners see them blooming around town they're going i want one of those they take a picture with their camera phone and go what is this and where do i get one they're going well that's a it's a star magnolia and they're right there and how many you want and so it goes out like that there's no crops after them but right after that the crab apples will bloom then after that 
the locusts will start to bloom, the, the uh, purple robe locusts. It's beautiful wisteria flowers. So there's this wave of plants after plant. What's right after the magnolias, really, for short trees or tall, tall shrubs? Uh, the red buds. They're just starting to crack. You just see the flowers. Red bud grows wild. There's a variety that's wild here. So it's a native. It's very tough. Very large, substantial root structure. But a shorter plant, pretty heart-shaped leaf. It's just a great, another plant that's great for here. There's so many. If you can, get these planted before they go into bloom. You'll get to enjoy the flowers longer that way. They don't go into transplant shock. They hold their flowers. When a plant gets stressed, the first thing it does, shed its flowers or its fruits and try to, try to recover. So if you put them in the ground before that, they don't have that kind of issues. They'll, they'll bloom for you much longer. Okay, Lisa Watersling coming back in the studio right after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Waters Garden Companion Plants of February are Calgary Carpet Juniper, Lily of the Valley, Pinion Pines, and Peony. Your grandmother would fall in love with these larger peony with so many colors to choose from. There's nothing like the enormous flowers to add stunning pops of color. Endearing springtime blooms are more than fragrant with luscious double flowers. Shop the most perennial peonies in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. All right, we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week, and this segment is just for you just me huh? i'd give you my entire life if i had a choice <laughs> you already did only for the last 34 what? years 33 years however long it's been july 25th 1987 it's a day i'll never forget <laughs> it was a me. noon wedding so 11 o'clock wasn't it 11 o'clock 10 30 11 something like that a morning wedding yeah had uh it wasn't a big party afterwards we had a reception with some cake and punch. And then we took off to Hawaii, Maui. Here we come back in the eighties. Maui was, well, that was the cheaper Island to go to because <laughs> it wasn't built out yet. So honeymooned there for a month or for a week. A I wish. <laughs> it just felt like a month. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a great honeymoon. Are you kidding me? Just kidding. Day two, we went out on the beach. It was day one. And uh, the sun in Hawaii is intense. We're mountain folks. We didn't think this is like pre-sunblock. This is like, there was sunblock like number four back in the eighties. <laughs> so and we got roasted, couldn't touch each other. Yeah. It was kind of uh, cloudy. 
Yeah. Yes, yes. We, thought, so oh, we'll be fine. we thought, oh, we're fine. We'll just lay on the beach. And, we, yeah. we weren't fine. I couldn't touch my bride for like a month. It was, it was <laughs> to the point where I was actually blistered. It yeah. Was that, yeah. yeah. Kind of, if I had to do it over again, sunblock. I, I'd go with you. I'd go to the same spot. <laughs> I'd lay on that beach and I would have lots of sunblock 100 or something. Mm-hmm. It'd be better. Yes. Anyway. We've learned the older we get, the more sunblock we <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. We love sunblock. In fact, I smell up the room in the studio right now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this this segment's all about you. Just what are you seeing in the gardens? What's going on? So uh, share with us, impart knowledge. May we be smarter by the time we get to hit the uh, stop record button. <laughs> well, we've gone on it, but we'll try. Okay. So I was out perusing the nursery yard, walking through. And I happened to walk by the ornamental plums, the KV plums. And I noticed, oh my goodness, they are starting to bloom. Very, very pretty. So I was very surprised. That means that means spring is here. Oh, and I also know, <laughs> I always think of this every year, because our neighbor across the street from us has a winter jasmine. Yeah. And that is in full bloom. Oh, nice. Beautiful. Up in Eagle Ridge, that Mm -hmm. area. So spring, I mean, the forsythia just popped open like yesterday. They are in full bloom. I mean, things are going right now. I mean, it's, 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 this is the leading edge. Mm -hmm. Your summer things, they don't Uh, care for this kind of weather. The crape myrtles, there'll be a month and a half before they wake up. But the spring things, Mm -hmm. they love this time of year. Right, right. So seeing the KV plums made me think of spring blooming trees. So I thought we would talk about those. Yeah. So I already mentioned the KV plum, which is a really uh, one of the first ones to bloom in the spring. Light pink blossom, but it has a beautiful purple foliage to it. So it's a nice tree if you have a lot of green in your yard and nothing but green and sticks. (laughs) The the purple is a really nice contrast uh, to a lot of that green bushy stuff in the yard. I think it looks great against uh, the native blue kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. the, the, the emery oaks and the manzanitas and the junipers, mm-hmm. it's a good contrast and purple goes with those Arizona blues really well. Only a man would say that, but yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> purple oh. and blue. Together. God did issue. Uh, <laughs> God did issue me seven crayons in my color box. I didn't get the 64 you got, but I know how to use them. Right. But it's a nice tree for our landscape. It's a uh, 18 to 20 by 18 to 20. So it's yeah. not going to get overly huge. not going to take over your yard. Uh, it is a wonderful tree that almost naturalizes itself here. Uh, not overly thirsty. There's not a lot of insect. It does get some shot holes sometimes, but there's yeah, ways no to work on that. that. Yeah. Right. So really nice tree for here. If you're looking for an easy care spring blooming tree. Um, and it does have a cousin called the thunder cloud plum. I want to make a thundering noise right now. <laughs> Maybe Did I should do that. that <laughs> <laughs> we are doing this on video too. So, Oh, okay. The folks on Twitter and uh, Instagram, they'll love that. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd do that again, but okay. So the thundercloud, uh, my opinion, they're very, very similar. You were saying uh, it has more of a fall color to it, a little more coppery yeah. fall look yeah. before it loses its leaves. I think the it's the better of the two trees. If I were to plant one in my own yard, I'd go thundercloud. If I couldn't find those, I would give KV plum. It'd be fine. It'd be about yeah. the same. I don't think there's a whole lot of, my opinion. I think the thundercloud has a prettier purple. <laughs> 
okay. about that? Works for me. All right. And then we also have red buds. So red buds are those trees that are going to bloom pretty close after the ornamental plums bloom. And one are, because I was doing a bit of research on them, trying to find the different varieties. And one article said they are a pink firework out in the yard. And Ooh, I thought, that's well, that's, that's a really good description yeah. for them because the pink is, it's not a soft pink. It is a very dynamic, very bright. Fluorescent. fluorescent. Not quite fluorescent. It's a darn close. It's very bright. You'll mm-hmm. notice it. It's, it's probably three shades brighter than a KV plum. Mm-hmm. The foliage isn't purple. It's green, but right. mostly. Uh, continue. <laughs> Steal your thundercloud. <laughs> so the the foliage, so pink, bright pink blossom, beautiful, beautiful. The foliage shape of the leaf tends to be a heart shaped leaf, very yeah. pretty heart yeah. shape. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them are green, but there are a couple that have more of a purpley, burgundy leaf to them. So the forest pansy is it gets a little darker purple leaf to it it's probably gonna get what would you say 20 uh, optimistically 20 really okay. high teens size wise mm-hmm. oh yeah that's it's a short tree right so another one that fits nicely into the landscapes gives you that purple leaf um it has a friend called merlot Ooh, a friend the trees have friends <laughs> of now course they have friends. <laughs> but the merlot is smaller so 12 to 15 feet tall and wide has a probably a darker leaf to it i would say more of a merlot (laughs) but very very pretty and it's actually the research i was doing on it it's actually a cross between a white red bud and a forest pansy really yeah no idea i didn't forest pansy i always think of is it's got purple foliage the new Mm -hmm. growth is purple fall color is purple it's got purple it's not quite as purple as purple leaf plum but it's it's definitely purple. purple the merlot it looks like you picked off a green leaf and dipped it in, in red wine. Mm-hmm. That has that kind of drippy, purpley color to mm-hmm. it. It's quite striking. Right. Uh, the newer introduction is a Merlot. That one's that one we've right. sold it's for newer. a couple of years. Forest Pansy we've had for a decade. Right. Almost, I'm getting bored with it. Give me oh, something new. Well, Merlot. Yeah. Okay. So smaller. So perfect for that. Another smaller red bud, but has the green leaves is the Avondale. Oh, yeah. So the Avondale there again, it's going to get that 12 to 15 feet tall. Um, those smaller trees, I think you could easily grow in containers oh, if you oh, wanted any to. Any one of them, really. Yeah. yeah. So um, and great for raised beds as well, just because they're a little bit smaller. But the Avondale, still bright pink blossom, beautiful green leaf, but just a little bit smaller. Yeah, I'm getting kind of tired of our Japanese maples out front. You are. I would love to I'm not. pull those out and maybe <laughs> put a red bud in there. It could be really pretty. We had that thing in there for years. I think it's got the trunk on it. It's like four inches, five inches across. Don't you just want to change some things out sometimes? <laughs> I'll let that one go. But we'll talk hey. about ornamental pears now. Okay. So, <laughs> ornamental pear, another great tree. Big tree for the most part. Probably, what, 25, 30 feet? Yeah, 30. The Bradfords are probably the biggest. There's, uh-huh. there's some on the courthouse. Right. In Prescott, maybe 30, 35. I've, mm-hmm. They get so big, you can't tell at that point. It's a shade tree. Oh, <laughs> Definitely. So white blooms in the spring. Very pretty. Great thing about it is you also have the fall full, fall foliage. I knew I could say it if I thought about it. So you get that real pretty orangey red. Uh, the last tree to turn 
red in the mm-hmm. in usually around just for Christmas, de- December, first part of December. Mm-hmm. It's full red, and then autumn's over. It loses its leaves. And it very rarely produces. It's an ornamental. Every once in a blue moon, you'll see some fruit on it. Oh, it's but, a tiny, yeah. maybe, maybe the size of a dime. Not if very that. often, right. Yeah. And then we also have some magnolias. So most people don't think about magnolias here, but they do quite well. And very pretty blossoms in the spring. I would say this is a good time to head to the garden center and take a look at the flowers that are starting to show up on the trees if you want a flowering tree. Yeah. It's great, Lisa. Hey, the blooming, the trees of spring. Yes. Uh, Ken Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. It's almost spring. Time to grow a pear. A pear tree, that is. Late winter is ideal for planting fruit trees. At Waters Garden Center has cherry-picked the hardiest, heaviest producing trees from our most trusted growers. From apples to apricots and persimmons to pears, the garden center is plumb full of varieties that thrive in our mountain soil. And we'll even plant them for you. We believe life is a bowl of cherries, so grow the best ones ever. From Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants of February are Peony, Calgary Carpet Juniper, Lily of the Valley, and Pinion Pines. Pinion Pine have thick evergreen needles providing year-round beauty and summer shade. It's a local native that blend equally well in a modern or Mediterranean-style landscape. Go ahead, enjoy the buttery-rich pine nuts from your own backyard. You'll have plenty of nuts, and pine, our deer, and javelina proof. Shop the most trees in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. Evergreens, this is... A really good time to be shopping for evergreens because you can actually go through go through the garden center, peruse the plants, and see what they're actually going to look like this late winter start of spring season. So many of them start to turn yellow. They start to have this off color to them. In fact, if you did not fertilize your red tip photinias last fall, they're starting to get kind of this mange, this anemic. Uh, off color to it. They should be a dark, rich green. You should start to see the new growth starting to elongate bright, intense red. But if they starve, they start to be, they start to look, well, off. And so this is how you want to shop for them. You want to see that, that how to care for them and how, how they're going to look when they're cared for well this time of year. And so this is when you get to look at junipers. If you've got privacy screens, you want something to block that new behemoth going up next to you and now all of a sudden neighbors looking right from their window into yours that's kind of awkward this is a good time to put in evergreen junipers arizona cypress your cedars uh, italian cypress arizona cypress Uh, i I use uh, spartan junipers i wanted that rich green i'm in the chaparral area where i've got these arizona blues already but i wanted something that was up oh above head height and 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 width wise about five six seven feet 
they fit the bill perfectly. So I put seven of them zigzagged across the front yard, and now we've got this private courtyard. We can still look around the plants and say, hi, neighbor, how you doing? How's, how's Barky Max doing? How's your dog? Uh, but if we don't, we can just sit there and continue reading the paper and sipping coffee. It's perfect. Wichita Blue is the exact same plant as Spartan Junipers, only it's blue instead of green. So if you've got a lot of green or you just like more, you want more Arizona blue, that's a great choice for you. These are upright evergreens that get up, you know, six, seven, ten feet high by five feet wide. Stack them together and everything is blocked off. You just want an accent in the yard. Perfect. Arizona cypress is the one that's right up after that. So this is a big boy, fast. It grows 20 feet by 12 feet. So it's, it's like those junipers, only three times the size, and they grow faster. They're full. If you're out in the valley areas, it's the perfect windbreak. Out there against the southwest corners, that's where the wind usually comes from. It'll keep that wind and have it pop up above the house and get it out of your, off your back patios better. Or it's just a great screen. If you've got bigger properties and you're looking across the, the way and the neighbors are looking at you again in the hot tub, put an Arizona Cypress. They'll be gone within a season or two. It's fast. It's a fast-growing wall. It's really a great time because we're harvesting the spring crop of spruce, pines. Uh, your spruce and pines are these are big trees, uh, but it's like a it's a Christmas tree. So I had someone who was helping them before the show going, "I want one that looks like a Christmas tree." I'm going, yeah, you're talking about Colorado spruce. Here you go. It's a great big tree, about 50 feet tall by 20 feet wide, with big swooping branches. Uh, it's a great tree. This is when we have the best selection of those because we're harvesting the spring crop. Had a beautiful crop of, of Austrian pines. This is like a ponderosa pine, only it holds its foliage right down to the ground. Whereas ponderosas, I'll have these probably by the end of March. They'll be short little guys, but really what you're buying with a ponderosa pine is a trunk. You're planting it and the foliage will be up there, but down here, it's going to be basically barky. This is how they naturally grow. Uh, Austrian pine is, is a cousin to ponderosa pines, only they hold their foliage right down to the ground. It's much, much nicer in a, in, as far as design goes in the landscape. Your quail will be better. Well, they'll like it better because they kind of tuck underneath there and puck around. It's just a good landscape plant for here. One that's like that, kind of a cousin, one that's I can't believe how tough it is, is Vanderwolf pine. Again, these pines, we have natural pine forest that grow here, so they do really well. But Vanderwolf, it's a blue pine. Actually, the top of the needle is blue, the bottom is white, so it has this frosted, almost two-toned look to it. What, it's, what I really like about that one, it's so huggable, so soft. You just can't walk by it without touching it going, oh, it just feels so good. It's like, it's like velour. It's not needles. They're velour. It just feels velvet. Just feels so good. And so it's that plant. If you're going to kill a Vanderwolf pine, this blue pine, it'll be from overwatering. It's so robust, so tough. It grows slowly up to about... Mm, mid-teens by about six, eight feet wide. So it's very shapely, very pretty, very soft. But you just don't, you, this is one you want to plant it and forget about it and it kind of still grows. It's right up there with pinion pines. They're equally as tough. Just 
the pinion pines, they grow big. So we've got some spectacular pinion pines, and they're probably eight feet tall by eight feet wide. They're, they're magnificent. It's the nicest crop I've seen. It's truly a native of Arizona. It grows wild in this chaparral area where the manzanitas grow, where the junipers grow, so do pinion pines. So, but it gets, it's, it's three times the size of a Vanderwolf pine, and it's, it's more of a light green. So it's definitely pinion pines are, are this lime to, to darker green, whereas Vanderwolfs are bright, kind of rich sky, not sky blue. It's hard to describe. It's like a turquoise blue. No, that's too, that's too blue. Anyway, it's blue. You got to look at them. It's, if you're shop, it's a time to shop for those because you can see them. You could touch them and you see what they're going to look like this time of year from this point, probably until you're out of that house. When you finally get to the get put in the home, this, this thing's going to still grow for twice as long. It'll keep going for 100 years. So this is what you get to look like. And this is how it's going to look for the rest of the year, the rest of, rest of your time in that home. Others are... Uh, there's a lot of upright evergreens. There's also a lot of broadleaf evergreens. These are things like the red tip photinia, like I started this segment on. Red tip photinia is really defined as not a conifer, but a broadleaf evergreen. In that same class are euonymus. Euonymus, there's quite a few of them. Actually, uh, uh, boxwoods are sort of a variation of that, a little bit smaller leaf, but you folks from the Midwest, and East Coast, you know what Euonymus and boxwoods are. It's the most popular plant in that in those areas. It's also one of the most popular plants here in the mountains. They they adapt really really well. Now these are bigger plants. They're going to be up where you make hedges out of them. They can be free formed if you let them go. They'll be a just a specimen by themselves. But often we're surrounding the patio with them. We're taking a fence line blocking off the neighbors. So it's, it's, uh, a typical euonymus, let's say Silver King, gets up six, seven, eight feet tall by five feet wide. And if you pack them together, they will grow into each other and it will be a living wall just straight across. Great for those valley homes where they're putting up block walls. Block walls are, they're just not pretty. Let's face it. You either want to stucco them or, or put some shrubbery in front of them so they, they disappear. So you want this secret garden feel when you get done. Another one that I like that I use myself is called Eliagnus or Silverberry. Think two names. The, the Latin name is Eliagnus. Think the name Eli and then Agnes, put them together. Or you just call it Silverberry. It's, it's a wild shrub, evergreen, gets up about head high, six, seven feet tall, about five, six feet wide. And they grow really well here. This is one, get it up to size and then take it off the irrigation. Don't, don't care for it anymore. It's truly a native. It grows wild here. You'll see them out in the wild. Uh, you're taking a razor ride or side-by-side -side out, out in the forest. You're going to run across this big evergreen. It's got a super fragrant flower. Just You'll notice the flower, the fragrance before you notice the shrub. Then you go, wow, that's kind of pretty. I like that. It's going to grow it, fertilize it, care for it until it gets to the size you want, and then ignore it. It'll stop growing just takes care of itself. That's, there's so many rich natives that you can put out there. Another one that's, that I use often is called red clusterberry cotoneaster, or cotton easter is how people say it and spell it. It's another great, gets 10 by 10 by 10. Deer don't bother it. Gets a yellow, white flower in spring, red berries. 
uh, in the fall. It's just a great plant for your so many. This is the time you put them in, and this is really the time you shop for your winter evergreens because you can see what they really look like in your yard. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Not everyone can grow wildflowers, but we'll make sure you're not one of them. At Waters, we know which wildflowers sprout, thrive, and bloom with success. We're wild about wildflowers with many of our own Arizona blends. Like our Arizona native mix, butterfly and hummingbird mixes, and all are big, bold, and beautiful. At Waters, we know wildflowers, and winter's a season to spread new seed. Waters Garden Center, where people who love their flowers wild, they love to shop for seed. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-Home Garden Consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. One thing that COVID last year, pandemic, changed throughout I mean, with companies. If you're, if you're breathing at all as a company, you're trying to figure out how to help your customers be safe, to shop from home, to research things, to be a local resource. So this digital element of, of especially retail has, has really changed. And so we're a very small family company. We got, uh, we've got, we got, what is it, six family members and our dogs work here at the Garden Center. We've been open for 59 years. Lisa's father started this back in 1962. It's local, yokel, just us, but we're also successful, cutting edge, well-educated. Uh, we're, we're out there in front. We've all done corporate stints with other companies. Now we're bringing that knowledge back to Prescott, Arizona. This, this, is, this is where a lot of these small mom and pops that have thrived, this is what they bring. And so the ones that it's been called, there's been a lot of small companies that went out. But if you're competing with the Amazons and the depots and the Walmarts and the, the big box stores, you've learned how to maneuver and dance. It's like a boxing match, only you can move faster. You're, you're lighter. You're, you're just able to get in and out. So there's a place for a really good family business in each segment. I don't care what you are. There's a place for it. And one thing that we're really good at is what are customers looking for? Um, how do we help them better? And so the boxes, these national companies are good with a mass, just over the country. It's all the same. But local folks, we're, good, we're regional. This is for us right here. And so we have really upped our game when it comes to digital. The video piece, we have a garden class every week, every Saturday. We've been doing this since 1950, since for 59 years. So it's, it's been doing it forever, decades. But we haven't always streamed it online. 
So now you can come into store and, and have a class, 9.30 of this Saturday. It's the, it's the checklist. What should you do before spring planting? That's what we're doing at 9.30 on Saturday. We'll have 40, 50 people in seats right here in the garden center. The, the parking lot will be full. But we'll have 200 streaming watching online. It's just amazing this, the scale this thing is taking on. And we've got an actual producer. My assistant actually produces the entire show. He's got uploads and transitions and different cameras. It's professional. So it, it's good. And you can go back and look at it, Instagram stories, check out our page, or Facebook. You can check the it live streams and uploads from there. Uh, what we're also doing, though, what I'm most excited about is our online store. So if you want to see what's here, what's available, what's showed up this week. So we unloaded three semi-trucks of plants this week. We, we get the invoice and we automatically upload it to our store online. You can take a look at that. Lisa was just talking about um, blooming trees. You want to see what they look like? They're there. They aren't, they aren't actually live photos. We took snapshots that represent what that tree looks like here locally in gardens. And, and we actually put the descriptions for us. So plants grow differently when it's bright sun, high altitude, alkalinity. Ours, it just it, They grow a little different. We put that description and how they grow here. How much sun do they take here? How much water do they need here? So you can research that. And that's watersgardencenter.com. I know it's not very original. Waters are two T's, W-A-T-T. -T. Actually, if you just go Siri, get me Waters Garden Center online, boom, it'll pop you right up. Or, or Google or Amazon, whoever, Alexa, they'll all take you. We're pretty well, we're easy to find. But you can see, you can do your research. If you do research through Google, you're going to get dumbfounded by, I just don't know what to do. There's so many, so much advice and noise and clutter. But if you got a local resource, the digital piece of our garden center is now better than it's ever been. And so it's free and available. Take a look at it, watersgardencenter.com. Throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. You love talking to friends, fans of the show. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Let's talk poop. Hey, I'm Tommy at Waters Garden Center. Ken and Lisa are out right now, so I snuck in to remind you that it's time to add some manure to your garden. It's been a wet winter, and your soil is, well, pooped. Waters Barnyard Manure adds nutrients to get your garden growing. It's organic and orderless. So we really can say our poop don't stink. Buy six bags or more. They're only $5.99. Now that's a load of crap. Tommy, what's going on? Oh, poop, gotta go. Natural, safe, odorless, and organic at Waters Garden Center. Waters Garden companion plants of February are peony, Calgary carpet juniper, lily of the valley, and pinion pines. Pinion pine have thick evergreen needles providing year-round beauty and summer shade. It's a local native that blend equally well in a modern or Mediterranean style landscape. Go ahead, enjoy the buttery rich pine nuts from your own backyard. You'll have plenty of nuts and pine are deer and javelina proof. Shop the most trees in Prescott by store or online at watersgardencenter.com. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. 
Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.